Welcome back to Open to Work. I'm Eileen, and today's topic is going to be a part two to yesterday's episode on highly sensitive people and empaths. So if you listened to that and resonated with what I talked about, then today's topic might uh, benefit you. So yeah, today's topic is energy vampires. Spooky, right? It sounds scary. They're just people, but they can have a really negative effect on sensitive and empathic people. And why is that? Well, energy vampires are attracted to the openness and loving hearts of empaths. So empaths are a big target for narcissists. Like in a way, this is just what I think. I think they have like a radar for people that they can easily manipulate because those are the only types of people that they can kind of control because most people would be able to kind of uh, recognize that this person is whack. Like, you know, their actions don't match their words. I'm out. But empaths, they uh, are sensitive, attentive, innocent, or even gullible and are easy to drain because they lack the usual defenses most people have. Okay, but I'm getting way ahead of myself. I just realized, okay, I'm going to reel it in and go back to what exactly is an energy vampire. The name kind of speaks for itself. Um, Basically, they just drain you. You know, those people that you'll hang out with them for a little bit. And afterwards, you're like, I literally just want to lay in bed all day. That used to be normal for me. And then I realized like, maybe you just don't need to hang around these types of people anymore. So how do you know if you've met an energy vampire? This is um, a self-assessment. Here are some signs to watch out for. So you feel tired and want to go to sleep right after you meet them. You're suddenly in a terrible mood. You feel sick around them. You don't feel seen or heard. You reach for sugar or carbohydrates for a boost, I guess, of energy. You start doubting yourself and become self-critical. You become anxious, angry, or negative when you didn't feel that way before. And you feel shamed, controlled, or judged. So clearly you don't feel good when you come into contact with an energy vampire. It does kind of have a negative connotation to it because it sounds like they just suck the blood out of you like a vampire, but they're not necessarily evil people. They just might not be right for you all the time. But yeah, so I was talking about narcissists. That's the first type of energy vampire that Dr. Orloff talked about in this book. And there's seven types total. And these, uh, these are the ones who are particularly dangerous for empaths. So let's get into it. I kind of covered a little bit in uh, my last podcast, but um, yeah, there's just like a difference in brain structure. And she says, it's like expecting someone without a heart to know how to love. Oof, that's impossible, right? But also empaths are attracted to narcissists as well, very commonly, because they get caught up in the charisma of the narcissist and their promises of love and like deep connection and just having like an amazing life. This is called love bombing, where in the beginning of the relationship, they will just make you feel very, very special, very loved. And then, you know, once you don't do something they want or, you know, you're not perfect for them, they'll kind of like switch. And over time, the cracks start to show and they don't seem to be such a thoughtful, generous, amazing person. You know, they can't maintain it in like more intimate relationships because it's not real and people can tell over time. But um, yeah, like I said, over time, and that may be a long time for a lot of people, that's the big problem with getting involved with a narcissist because it's hard for empaths to leave these types of relationships. And this is why, let me explain to you. So full-blown narcissists, like diagnosed narcissists, not just people with tendencies, because I feel like most people do have some tendencies, some more than others, obviously. So it's a spectrum. So these full-blown narcissists, they actually know how to kind of feign a false sense of empathy to get what they want out of their close relationships. So they know how to like, you know, boo-hoo, love you type stuff. But like I said, it's not real. So they're really persuasive charmers who know exactly what to say to quote-unquote emotionally seduce you 
or um, kind of sweet talk their way back into your life or to try to get you to come back to them. But once they have you in their little grips again, they'll go back to their old ways and the empath will be like, what the hell just happened? I thought they were going to change. No, they don't change. And um, it'll be this constant cycle because it's hard for empaths to believe that narcissists don't possess a capacity for empathy because that's how we're wired and that's how we see the world. And because they expect others to be the same, they make the mistake of trying to win over the narcissist with love. They think, oh, if I just do this, or if I listen to them more, if I, I don't know, do whatever more, then they'll love me. It's like, no, it's not gonna happen. It'll just be this constant game. And over time, narcissists can make empaths feel physically ill and depressed. It can show up in physical symptoms. They just wear down the empath's self-worth until they believe that they're not worthy of anyone except for the narcissist and how the narcissist treats them. And this can be long-term, which is kind of sad. So the second type of energy vampire is the rageaholic. And they deal with conflict by accusing, attacking, and controlling. They often yell to make a point. And because empaths are so sensitive, negative comments and yelling can kind of wear us down. And we can start feeling it physically. You know, we can just take on the rage that uh, is going on. Because every emotion does have an energy. And it does kind of like emanate off of you. Not to get too like spiritual, but... That's kind of part of it. So it's important in these situations, you know, if you do want to keep these people in your lives because you care about them a lot or it's your family, you have to start making boundaries or else it'll start to cause a rift in the relationship and maybe cause some resentment. So boundaries are super, super important for empaths. Sometimes you got to just put up those boundaries and do what's best for you so that you can show up in the world as your best self and be the best person you can be for the people around you, you know? If not, then it's just, you're gonna be miserable and you're just gonna be rubbing off on other people, that miserable energy. So basically, um, just set some guidelines for communicating anger with your partner or like, you know, with your parents or your friends, whatever. And she talks about how it's important to know the difference between venting and dumping whenever you're kind of communicating your grievances to people. Venting feels healthy and is time limited. It's not like you're repeating the same topic over and over with no resolution. It's like, you kind of hold yourself accountable. But dumping is... <laughs> dumping. It feels toxic and goes on and on. Someone who's dumping overwhelms another person with many issues, keeps repeating the same point, no solution, plays the victim, blames other, and shows no accountability for their part in the matter. And no matter how much you may try to give them advice or help them, they won't listen to you or they'll just like keep finding different problems or keep going in circles and it's just exhausting. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. It's just, oh my gosh. Okay, I need to relax. Take a deep breath. It's important to take a deep breath into your diaphragm and really center yourself when you get overwhelmed, I've realized. <laughs> Little tip. Okay, anyway, next. So the third type of energy vampire is the victim. Don't we know these types of people? The people that literally always complain about how everyone's out to get them. They never take responsibility for the problems that happen in their lives and other people are always the cause of their issues. So empaths often fall into the caretaker role of these victims, you know, trying to be their therapist or just, they want to be like helpful and supportive, but these types of people with this victim mentality, they don't want to be helped. They just want a sounding board really, or just someone to listen to their problems, but they don't want to hear input, you know? So in these situations, it's important to kind of place your own boundaries, especially with conversations or phone calls. 
set like a time limit or kind of tell them that you're not in the mind space to listen to their problems today. Don't be rude, obviously. Don't be like, I don't give a shit about your problems. Goodbye. You know, be very kind and gentle about it. And if the other person truly cares about you, they will respect that. And if they don't, then they shouldn't be in your life in the first place. And good riddance, right? Okay, so next, it's kind of in a similar vein as the victim people. That sounds so bad. Like, I wish I had a better way to describe them. So kind of a similar to that previous category is called the drama queen or king. These types drain sensitive people by overloading them with nonstop dramas. So the people that just like, they're always like, I just got into a car accident. My house just burned down just broke my leg because I jumped off a mountain. I don't know. Just like people that are always just like, how the hell do you get yourself in these situations? You know, and they're kind of uh, unpredictable in a way. But you have to remember that people that kind of thrive off of drama, they're kind of like addicted to like the rush of it. So if you feed into their histrionics and their, oh my God, can you believe this type stuff, then it'll kind of leave you depleted. And also you'll start to realize that there's no deeper relationship. It's pretty one-sided, I, I think is what I'm trying to say. And I'm guilty of this too, in a way. I think a lot of people, they don't know how to bond or connect with others outside of like gossip or drama because it's fun, you know? Sometimes life can get boring, but if this is a consistent pattern and it's kind of draining, then maybe you start to reevaluate your own life or just to reevaluate things. And obviously some people just have really bad luck in life. I get that. I'm not saying cut off all your friends that have bad luck, but I'm talking about the people that always end up like canceling plans because, oh, something crazy happened. Or I don't know, maybe they think their time is more valuable than yours. Number five. Okay, I get it. We're almost there. There's seven total around five and I'll make it quick. So the fifth energy vampire is probably my least favorite, control freaks and critics. So these energy vampires always offer their unsolicited opinions, such as, you know what you should do, or you should do this, that, or whatever. And it's just like, you're in my home. Literally, what are you talking about? Go find a hobby, you know? And then they proceed to tell you whether or not you want to hear their advice. Even if you tell them, actually, like, I don't want to know, they will still tell you. Or like whenever they're around you, they like nitpick small things that you're doing wrong or how you can do things differently. Just like kind of constantly nagging with no real reason. Like they're nagging just to nag and you can kind of feel it if that's the case. So this can be harmful for empaths because they're really sensitive as I've been saying and they may take to heart these critiques or these remarks of disapproval. It just starts to make you feel like, oh, I can't do anything right. They start to chip away at your self-confidence. And then she goes on to say, of course, constructive criticism is a thing and that can be beneficial. But if their comments aren't constructive at all or they don't make sense or they're not helpful, it's just a way for them to get under your skin and drain you. So some tips for dealing with control freaks and critics. So don't be rude because these types of people, if you're rude to them, they will be very defensive and it just won't end well. Be assertive and firm, but don't be rude. Just say, I value your advice, but I think I can navigate my life on my own. You know, I'm an adult or I'm in control. Ask them politely. Don't criticize me and just be firm. And she says, don't be emotional because energy vampires love this. They feed off of it and also they could use it against you and be like, look how unstable you are right now. Like you're the crazy one. So I like to think of it as a, a business meeting. Conversations on boundaries with these types of people, they have to be very just like straight to the point, just assertive. If you're in a meeting room full of all your coworkers and you're trying to get your point across to your boss or your colleagues or whatever, they're not gonna be able to think critically and really understand what you're saying if you're crying or angry at them. They're just gonna be focusing on how you're acting. 
So you want to be able to make your points as clear as possible and remove all distractions so people can really focus on what you're saying. And you don't want to be like pointing any fingers. So like for instance, when you're in a meeting room, you can't just be like, oh, I'm so mad at this team. They're so bad at their job. You're not going to start crying and screaming like a victim because then people are going to be like, what the hell is going on? And it takes away from the points that you're making, right? You're just going to be like, okay, so this is the issue. This is how we could work together to hopefully work out these problems. Just keep it profesh, you know, non-emotional. And if you're in a um, work environment and you're kind of around a person that nitpicks you a lot, which is very common with bosses and people higher up, if you feel inadequate around these types of people, you should definitely identify the self-esteem issue that is triggered every time they criticize you or whatever. Identify that issue and focus on healing it. See where it stems from. See how you can nurture that wound and not let these insecurities dictate your life moving forward. And don't let other people take advantage of these insecurities because they will and they'll like it. Okay, so number six is the nonstop talker. And I know some people are just extroverts and I feel bad because I'm not saying it's a bad thing, like socialize all you want, but nonstop talkers can drain the life force out of empaths with an endless verbal assault. Jesus, she's like kind of ruthless. <laughs> she says, I try to avoid these people because they grate on my nerves and sensitivities. They trap you and recount their life stories without pausing for a breath and they don't give you any openings to interrupt them. Do you know these types of people? Like, oh my gosh. I'm just like, what? Like, they'll tell you like really intricate stories, bringing all the characters over their life and they expect you to remember it. And the things I do remember because I have a really good memory, but I'm just like, Jesus, like I don't care about this story at all. I remember one of my roommates in college, she was really sweet, but she was like this. Like every time she got the opportunity to talk, she would talk for like straight up three hours. And it's not like I could just be rude because she would get super into, you know, her life stories. But I would just be like, girl, I got an exam tomorrow. Like, can we wrap this up? Jesus. Okay, but obviously non-stop talkers don't bother everyone, but for an empath or a person that's more sensitive, especially if they don't like small talk, it can be very hard because empaths are incredible listeners, but often make the mistake of tolerating chronic talkers for too long. Then we become exhausted. That is me to a T. So some tips to protect yourself from non-stop talkers. Empaths must address our tendency to people, please. So if you're an empath, I think you know what that means. You want to make sure everyone around you is okay. You think that everyone's emotions depend on you. You don't want to be rude. You don't want to overstep. But you have to learn to set boundaries because it's a really essential form of self-care for sensitive people. Some other really important things to know about nonstop talkers are that they don't respond to nonverbal cues. So if you just look towards the exit or, I don't know, like tapping your finger on the table or looking at your phone, they don't catch on to that. They will keep talking. And trust me, I can 100% attest to this. As hard as it might be, you have to like stop them and be like, yo, I gotta... I gotta do something. So don't be rude, obviously. Don't be like, shut the hell up. You're annoying. No one cares about your life. Because that's rude. And first of all, this person's not trying to be mean or they're not trying to annoy you. They're just annoying, you know? So be nice. <laughs> she says, instead, smile and nicely say something like, please excuse me for interrupting, but I need to talk to someone else at this party or I have an appointment I must keep. Obviously, I wouldn't say it like that. I'd probably just be like, I uh, I gotta get lunch with my friend. You know, just literally say anything to get out of there, man. <laughs> Lie if you have to, low key. Um, also, she says a socially acceptable excuse to get out of there and something they won't question is, I gotta go to the bathroom, you know? So just say that and get the hell out of there. You're welcome. The last type of energy vampire is a little more complicated to me because passive aggressive behavior is kind of hard to 
kind of hard to read and it's a cryptic, you know, sometimes. But basically, if you didn't know, passive aggressive behavior is when people indirectly express negative feelings instead of just openly talking about them or expressing how they feel. So there's a disconnect between what a passive aggressive person says and what he or she does. So their behavior and words don't match up. And uh, I think empathic people prefer more direct communication, especially when dealing with emotions. So some tips for protecting yourself. Don't question your response to a passive aggressive person. Um, just because their anger is kind of hidden or camouflaged to something else, it doesn't mean it's not real. Just trust your intuition that you can kind of feel what's happening. Um, recognize this pattern if this passive aggressive behavior happens a lot with them and try to address the behavior with the person if you want to continue the relationship. Also keep in mind all these tips I'm giving for dealing with every single type of energy vampire. You can choose to employ it only if you want to keep a relationship with these people. Because sometimes if a relationship is just draining you and you don't really feel a connection anymore, you know, you can end it. Sometimes we keep friendships or relationships way longer than we should just because we feel like we have to keep it going. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's better for both people to just move on with their lives, you know? So my number one tip is evaluate if you even want these types of people in your life anymore, or if you have to still deal with them for whatever reason, if it's coworkers or family members, you can use these tips to make it a lot easier for you. And just to realize that if other people's behavior doesn't change, at least you can kind of center yourself and that'll be the basis for a very healthy, happy life, I think. But with that in mind, you need to bring it up with the person if you want to still keep them in your life and ask them, what is it that you really meant when you did X, Y, Z? Like try to clarify if your intuition, your feelings are correct. And hopefully they will be upfront with you, especially if you're not rude to them because attacking a passive aggressive person, it won't get you any progress. But yeah, if you can't get a direct answer out of them and they're kind of beating around the bush still... Just ask them to clarify their position. And at that point, if they can't be honest and upfront with you, then you're dealing with a big baby and you should probably put them in daycare. So yeah, it's important to address the behavior and find a solution. So just being specific and saying like, hey, whenever we were talking about this and I knew you were upset, but you were acting like it was fine, but you started ignoring me for five years or whatever. Um, just ask them like, were you really upset with me or whatever? And ask them to clarify their position and try to work forward from that. But if they can't, maybe distance yourself if you can. But I leave you guys with this really nice quote that I don't even know where I saw it or heard it from. I think it was some YouTube video. Basically, some spiritual teacher was talking about how a boat in the ocean, it's constantly surrounded by water, but that's not the reason it sinks. It sinks because it allows the water to get inside of it. So I kind of see that as, you know, a truly centered person has the ability to be surrounded by a lot of negative people, a lot of um, people that have the ability to drag you down, but it's only if you let them bring you down, you know, you kind of have to protect your energy and to be able to know where you and, and another person starts, if that makes sense. So yeah, I leave you guys with that. I really hope at least one person listened to all of this because I did talk for a while, but I'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye. 